Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Hey, good morning to you. It is a Tuesday. Happy you made it in this morning. Uh, We are monitoring all of the updates from uh, the Crime Summit that was held in St. Louis last night. Did you hear about that, Kim St. Ange? Yeah, I heard packed house. It was a packed house. Little Bird told me that occupancy for that room was 40, and they had crammed 100 people in there. I heard two overflow rooms is what they had to resort wow. to, and they couldn't even get to all the questions from residents. 100-plus questions were submitted. You know, it's interesting because you you brought this up uh, to me, and I've got the I've got the the paperwork here somewhere. I'm going to have to dig through here and find it, but uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about this coming up in just a couple of minutes because what we the situation we find ourselves in in the city of St. Louis is that still got a whole lot of money in the bank, the Rams settlement money, and and there there have been uh, they put together a committee to decide what to do with it. Well, as you can imagine. There are a whole bunch of people that want to do a whole lot of stuff with that, including including give it away to people that might vote them back into office. Um, the weird thing about it is, from what I can tell, none of the recommendations mention the word police or public safety. Mm-hmm. The, 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 without doubt, and I don't know anybody that could argue this with me with a straight face, crime is the biggest challenge in the city of St. Louis mm-hmm. to get people to want to move into the city of St. Louis, right? To convince businesses and homeowners that they, they should make this their home and buy a house and live here. The one question they're going to be asking is what about the crime? <laughs> and it's a problem. Yeah. And yet we've got two, how much, how much money is in the bank? Is it 200 million? I was going to say somewhere in the arena of 200 million. I think it's a lot of money and there's no, concept or vision for spending any of that to fix the crime problem. So they got together last night to brag about their crime numbers, I guess. And it's same old, same old. I mean, so the city took all the recommendations from people and there were a bunch and they whittled it down to 20 that people can vote on. And they have 10 tokens, they say, the residents do, to vote on 20 different things that they could spend this money on. Can I just read a couple of them really quickly? Please, please do. Support bus rapid transit before and after care, free free or municipally subsidized child care for residents, replacement of water mains, youth drivers education programming. Establish a grant writing office. Like where? Where's anything on 
safety. Free I, I, daycare for city workers. I hear a lot of free in there. Mm-hmm. Is it free if we're using, just because we're using this windfall we got from the Rams screwing St. Louis? I mean, there's so much more they could do with this and just kind of pathetic um, how the list can, I mean, it's not a surprise uh, because there's a vacuum of leadership in, in the city uh, politics, unfortunately. Uh, but we'll talk more about that uh, coming up here. We've got John Lampick at the bottom of the hour, Greg Jarrett. Legal and political analyst uh, for Fox is coming up in the next hour. Anxious to talk to him about a a number of different issues, including obviously what's going on in Iowa, but some of these legal challenges uh, to uh, to President Trump. Um, And then Mark Walters is going to join us because once again, the Supreme Court of the United States let us down yesterday, refusing to hear a second challenge to to the infringement on the rights of every gun owner in the state of Illinois. I don't understand why they won't step in and shut this down because there's no question about the wording of the Second Amendment. It's your right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. J.B. Pritzker is not infringing it. He's sitting on it. And if J.B. Pritzker is sitting on you, you know it. I'm just saying that's a lot of pressure for anybody uh, to undergo. So we're going to talk to uh, Mark Walters at about 735 today or so. Right now, we're going to get to the shortlist, please. The Mark Cox Shortlist. Where are we in this? You know, where are our hearts? What's going to happen in this next election? I am terrified about what could possibly happen. Well, you know, uh, that is that is the one and only. That is uh, Michelle Obama, who is literally scared to death that Donald Trump might get back into office. And it's it's been a long time since Michelle's felt like Now we're feeling what not having hope feels like. After the historic movement for justice in the summer of 2020, I signed the most significant police reform executive order in history. (laughs) Yeah, now he's bragging about the destruction wrought on this country by the Black Lives Matter riots around the country. Millions of dollars in damages, lives lost, Nothing, but we continue to focus on persecution of people who went to Washington on January 6th. There's still a lot that we don't know about his medical condition and what it was that uh, required him to go back into uh, Walter Reed and the ICU. There is just about nothing John Brennan has to say that I have any interest in listening to. But he did admit yesterday that when it comes to Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defense, the system broke down. Uh, you know, when I hear no room in the end, I, I'm saying, you know, I, I need more people in my district, but just for redistricting purposes. <laughs> Yvette Clark, maybe this is what Mayor Tishara Jones is after. Do you think, Kim, that could be it? I mean, is that possible? The idea of bringing all of these illegal aliens to uh, to St. Louis Maybe she wants them here firmly ensconced in time for the next census. I wouldn't so, put it past her. So with, you know, redistricting, they get more voters in particular districts, more money sent to them because it appears falsely that the population of St. Louis has grown, even if the people that have grown that population are all on assistance. I mean, what else could it be? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that is a representative, uh, Yvette Clark, play that full bite for us. Cut 11, Carl, please. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. 
we have a diaspora that, that can absorb a significant number of these migrants. And I, that, you know, when I hear uh, colleagues talk about, uh, you know, the, 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 the doors of the inn being closed, um, no room in the inn, I, I'm saying, you know, I, I need more people in my district, but just for redistricting purposes. And those members could, could clearly uh, fit here. Yeah, uh, th- that is. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. It's absolutely the truth. It's unbelievable uh, what they've said there. Now, while saying that on one side, that they want more of these aliens brought here, right? These are good people. Some of them might be. I don't doubt that. They still broke the law to get into this country. Uh, Or the Biden administration twisted the law to make it look like they didn't break the law to get into this country. But they broke the law to get into this country. There's no doubt about that. And we want a legal immigration system in place. Now, what do you do with the people that are here? Well, I don't know. We're flush with cash. We have $200 million. What are we going to do with it? Let's go ask the people what they want us to do with it. I'm going to get to more of that for you when we come back here in just a minute, uh, because you're going to be amazed at some of the ways the people have decided we should spend the Ram settlement money. It's, it's unbelievable. And John Lamping at the bottom of the hour on some of the changes we've had this week uh, in a, a couple of major political races in the uh, state. And we're going to get to all that and more for you straight ahead on the Mark Cox Morning Show. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. So, Kim, I had uh, I had forgotten about this. I'm not quite sure how that happened, but I went to the St. Louis um, City Government Agency website to to remind myself just exactly how much cash the city got from the Rams settlement. From the Rams, mm-hmm. right? In November of 2022, the city, county, and the RSA divided the money up, and 280 million dollars went to the city of St. Louis. And then it was then invested in a in a interest bearing account to accrue interest and grow uh, starting in November of 2022. So I don't know how much it is now. I'd be surprised if it um, as of September 15th they had they had made 5.8 million dollars in interest. So it's two probably 286 or 7 million by now. Stock market's been doing okay. I'm sure it's not in a I'm sure it's not in a mutual fund. It's probably in a treasury of some sort. If Here's the deal. We, they had a meeting to help people. A hundred people showed up to all chip in. You can go online and take a poll right now deciding on 
what your priority is for the use of this money. I think they had to give $30 million of it to the convention center. So let's just say we're dealing with, with um, $250 million, $255 million. If you chose to give that back, every man, woman, and child living in the city of St. Louis, populations now under 300000 would get a check for almost 1000 bucks. Why not give it back to the people? Mm-hmm. Give it back to the taxpayers who got fleeced for that convention center and the dome and all of that that we built and supported for the lambs who skedaddled out of town for the money and went to L.A. Yeah, I bet people would support that idea if they even knew that was on the table, if that was an option. Well, I'm sure it wouldn't be for the city, but. I'm sure it's not an option, but here's the web page for the, for the city. Um, here's what it says. Help us vote on priority ideas. We want to hear from you. City leadership wants to use the money in ways that help the economy grow and encourage more people to live in the city of St. Louis and make life better for the people that live here. And in parentheses, it should say, and please vote for us back into office because (laughs) we're going to give you free crap, right? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about, so right now they have a voting period going on until February 2nd where you can vote for priority challenges. So then the staff can get together and decide how they're going to use. You get 10 tokens. This is a left-wing dream. You can vote 10 times. Isn't that great? We should make the general election like that. (laughs) You should get 10 tokens to vote in the general election and spend them all on Biden. Because he'll give you free things. Kim hit a few of these a minute ago. They want to, that one option would be to hire dedicated code enforcement officers for vacant properties. Not more police officers, by the way. Code enforcement officers for vacant properties. Let that soak in. How, how about demolishing the vacant properties because they're eyesores? Not, not for that. They, they do want the possibility to construct some new public school buildings, even though they got a bunch of vacant ones because they don't have enough kids to fill them. They'd like free child care. Imagine that. Uh, free or uh, support rapid transit for busing for the public. Uh, support real estate development downtown, although nobody's moving downtown. New bike lanes. A revolving redevelopment loan fund. How many people actually bike in the city because they're worried about being shot? Or well, hit, by, hit by a where, where psychotic driver. <laughs> Have you noticed how a number of these specifically benefit city employees? Increased wages or salaries for city employees. Free or subsidized daycare for city employees. Hmm. Es- establish a grant program for small businesses to locate in downtown St. Louis. Now, I, I think that's a not a bad idea. The, the, the question is, does the grant cover their losses? For a period of 10 years, if because the, the sidewalks roll up at 5 o'clock and 4 o'clock in the afternoon, nobody's down here at night unless there's a ball game or something, and they're not shopping. So if you're a small business and you locate down here, you get a one-time grant. I don't know if that's enough or not. Traffic calming. That I can understand. That might be, to, in my opinion, the best of what I see here, aside from the real estate development. Expanding Metro and not a single solitary option 
for public safety. Who, who in That's the right, the amazing thing to me. Who in their right mind as a resident of the city is going to be like, you know what? Yes, I'd like to spend the money to renovate the river intake tower at the Chain of the Rocks water treatment plant. That's it. That has to have gotten zero votes. <laughs> Seriously. And I'll bet most of them, like if you go to a uh, charity event and they give you tickets and you can drop them in different buckets in hopes of winning something, it, everybody goes for the most popular, like, free child care. Look at that. We could get free child care. Let's put all 10 of our tokens in there, right? I guarantee you that's what, the, what it's going to end up being. Why not just have a button on there, refund the money to the public? They won't do that. Do you understand why they won't do that? Do I have to explain this again? It's never too early to learn that the government is a greedy piglet that suckles on a taxpayer's teat until they have sore, chapped nipples. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm super excited, so I wanted to make sure that you were okay with me telling everybody today that I'm running for Congress. So a huge, big deal. I had not thought that that was what I would say on Friday afternoon. All right, um, Mary Elizabeth Coleman there, the state senator who announced on Friday right here on the radio station on the Mark Reardon show that she was uh, running for CD3, Congressional District 3, because Congressman Blaine Lutkemeyer, we had on the show uh, last week, decided he's retiring. He's not going to run for re-election. So I just wanted to get that out there. We got former Senator John Lamping on the phone right now uh, to talk more about some of these developments over the past week. John, good morning. Good morning, Mark and Kim. It uh, looks like Blaine Lukemeyer did all the radio people a big favor. We have a lot to talk about the next six months. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And, and the list continues to grow as to who else might get into that race. I mean, I Mary Elizabeth took advantage of a, a great opportunity. She happened to have been scheduled on the Reardon Show Friday afternoon anyway. Uh, Lute Kamire announces on, what was it, Thursday or Friday morning, uh, Thursday afternoon or whatever, that he's retiring, and uh, that's beautiful. Who else do you see getting into this race, John? Well, I think we're going to get quite a few people. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I met Blaine back in 2009. You know, Blaine had been in Congress. He was elected in 08, so he came into D.C. the same time Barack Obama did, and he will have spent 16 years there. And, you know, when you when you run for Congress, and I, I, I sometimes I met Blaine Lukemeyer, I met Ed Martin, by the way. Um, when you run for Congress, you're in Congress, you, you know, you, you, you don't have a whole lot of power. Uh, you can decide to do, uh, you, can, you, know, you can use it as a platform. Look at AOC. She's in office one week and she has a platform. Yes. And, but Blaine was one of those guys that he just, he voted with leadership. I, I don't understand why you'd spend 16 years voting with Republican Party leadership when it's clearly failed policy. So, um, so this is going to draw a lot of interest because there are a lot of men and women in that, that live at least close enough to the district. We can talk about the fact that nobody lives in the district um, who, who don't want to just go vote the party line. They don't want to go vote with whatever leadership has to say, you know, Blaine, think about it. Blaine voted with Boehner and, and, and Ryan and all these people. And so, um, you know, obviously we've got Mary Elizabeth in the race and, you know, she's relatively new to politics. She's in the house for four years, the Senate for one. I fully expect Bob Onder will come out and declare for this race. He, he and Blaine were in a primary in 2008, very high, hotly contested primary. And I think, uh, you know, this caught Bob off guard in terms of not expecting Blaine um, to come back. But I think, I think he'll get in. I think if he gets in, Nick Schwer won't get in. 
Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if one or two more people uh, get pushed into the race. You know, it's interesting. The Citric is a horrible, horribly drawn thing. Tim Jones lives just outside of it. Mary Elizabeth Coleman lives outside of it. Bob Onder lives outside of it. Nick Shore lives outside of it. Uh, but I think all those people will run. And then, and then people that actually do live in the district will run. And uh, lurking out there somewhere um, in Innsbruck is Eric Greitens, and he could certainly resurface if this gets to be a six, seven, eight-way primary, which which very often in an open seat these things ultimately become. Wow. You think I, he'd I, stand a chance? I, well, I don't know. I just I hadn't really heard the Greitens name uh, floated out there again as mm-hmm. a possibility for that. I mean, has anybody heard from him? He's uh, he's it's interesting. He showed up on social media about a month ago, and uh, just enough to where uh, in you know in the political world we were wondering what he's up to because he had he'd been unheard of since the last uh, the U.S. Senate primary. Right. But if you think about it, you know if you get you know I think we'll we'll easily have four or five candidates, um, and in in that pack I think Bob Bob is Bob will win. He'll be the clear clear front runner. He's not only is he uh, able to self-fund to a great degree, he's well-known to a great degree, but his brother advertises on every major radio station in the district. And so the name Andre, the name, the ID will be a much bigger factor. I'm so grateful for the fact that this, is, this will be a you know, six or seven month race and not a two year race. <laughs> we got to the point now where people declare for state Senate seats two years out. It's horrible to campaign for two years. Um, but having said that, once you get to four, five, or six, if you get to six or seven, you're only talking about 15 or, you know, you're not talking about that many votes you know, to win. And uh, so, and you know, the one thing that Eric Grimes would have, but he'd have tremendous name ID. Yes. And uh, and he uh, both inside and outside the state. And you know, this is one of those things where if you can get a million dollars into a pack. Um, which Bob Onder certainly can do, but if you can get a million dollars into a pack, you'll be the the financial front runner. And and it, with six or seven months, you know you'll need money, and you'll because you won't have all that much time. The people that are in the, in in the in Jeff City, so Mary Elizabeth Coleman um, and others that might run, they're in state government. Well, they're pretty busy between now and the end of May. Uh, it doesn't give them a whole lot of time to really hit the ground. You know, I was just looking at that district uh, as you described it. I mean, it stretches past Columbia into Boonville to the to the to the west. It stretches south down into the past, almost to St. James and just north of Farmington and Salem, all the way down to parts of Osage Beach and and the Lake of the Ozarks. If as I'm looking at it here, uh, and oh, the, yeah. but the way it was redrawn, it's still St. Charles County centric right didn't won't like 30 or 40 percent of the vote come out of the the greater st louis area well it splits st charles county pretty markedly actually yeah, yeah. It, it takes out there's no franklin county and then it split jefferson county is split between two or three different congressional districts so it it was it, it was an affairsly drawn map um and it, and and i've always been of the mind that you know the the, the, the beginning of all this you're going to represent the people that, you know, they're going to vote for you. And in order to do that, you have to know and understand kind of what the day-to-day life is of those people. And it's interesting because all the people you and I are, you know, we're all talking about, uh, that, like I said, they're not even living in the district right now, but they all um, are very familiar with where they live and then to the east. So Nick Schwar, he grew up in North County. Bob Onder, you know, grew up in St. Louis County and, and uh, and even Mary Elizabeth Coleman, she's best known 
not west of where she lives, but east of where she lives. And uh, and so I think that the fact that so much of this district, it goes down to the Lake of the Ozarks, too. So much of the district is outside. It's to the west of this. your listening audience. I really feel like it should be represented by somebody who at least understands what day-to-day life is in and amongst that part of the state. So, so uh, but that's not how it's going to work. It's going to be uh, pretty wild and furious. And, and I, I also am disappointed in the fact that Look at all the people that are interested in running, but none of them were interested in, in primary and blame Luke Kamire. Yeah. And I think he, you know, none of them are going to run as if they're blaming Luke Kamire. They're going to run as if they're not him, that there's somebody who will have a voice that will speak out against the establishment. You know, the same can be said here. You know, Ann Wagner announced that she's going to run for her seventh term. And Ann's, Ann operates the same way that Blaine does. She votes lockstep with leadership and um, Missouri Republican primary voters are not in favor of that. They, the, the votes that they'll take, like, for example, this budget deal that was cut this week, both Ann and Blaine will fall right in line. They'll vote for it. And I always wonder, why don't people primary these incumbent people? I know it's so difficult because then it would just be them. You know, it wouldn't be five or six people vying for the open seat. It'd be one person saying to the incumbent, hey, your approach is not where the people are. We need to make a change. But having said that, it never seems to happen. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I did get a text message this week from Brandon Wilkerson, who who's run against Blaine at least once before, if not twice, and had already filed to try to run against him in the primary this time. And he sent me a text message to point out that he got in the race before Blaine announced that he was retiring. Uh, but it's going to be a crowded field uh, for sure. And Ann Wagner left no doubt in anybody's mind yesterday that she is definitely running for reelection. After I heard Nick float that on the Reardon show yesterday, I reached out to her and she put out a press release shortly after that. Yeah, well, with all respect to the person you just mentioned, I don't know who they are. I'm talking about a legitimate yeah. political wow. entity. So, like, the, the, the all the people that will now run for this open seat will will be just that. You know, they will be people that could have potentially challenged the incumbent but chose not to. Uh, but, it, you know, that like I said, that is what it is. Uh, you know, Anne will not be challenged, uh, and she will once again represent um, Missouri's 2nd Congressional District. Uh, but... Like I said, this will be a lot of fun to watch, and uh, I, I do think that I would expect that Bob Andre will get in the race relatively soon. I, I have no inside knowledge or, at all, but it just seems so logical, and I do think that once he enters the race, he'll be hard. He'll be hard to beat. Yeah, well, I agree with you. I I don't have any inside knowledge, but I did run into Bob uh, the other day and ask him about it, and. He, he he didn't say no, which led me to believe that it's just a matter of time until that announcement uh, gets made. I'd be surprised if it's if it's not. John, thank you for your insight this morning. I appreciate it. Oh, great being with you both. Take care. Yeah, take care of yourself. Uh, yeah, that they expect that. I would I would be stunned if that didn't happen before the end of the week. But I could be wrong. Doesn't happen often, but could be wrong. I think you're. That's a good, <laughs> a solid bet. Yeah, the the, the, the folks in. Uh, in in Vegas would like those odds. Let's let's get to another news coming up with Ethan next hour. Greg Jarrett, uh, legal analyst from Fox News. Stay tuned. What's happening? Go. You know the you know the thing. What the hell is going on? In other news. If you ever had a dream of driving a giant hot dog down the road, well, Oscar Mayer wants you to apply because they are hiring a dozen hot doggers for a year long job driving the Wienermobile. 
If you relish the chance, see what I did there, Carl? Uh. <laughs> you can apply through January 1st on Oscar Meyer's website <laughs> to be a part of what will be the 37th class of hot doggers who drive the Wiener Mobiles, which first hit the road in 1936. I saw a picture the other day on social media of one pulled over. It might have been down in Eureka. Uh, on the side, I don't know if the car broke down and the cop was there or if the cop pulled over the Wienermobile. <laughs> but I guess you'd want it. That'd be a story to tell every day, huh? So, uh, mustard or ketchup? Uh, duh. duh. Mustard. Thank you. I do Thank both. You. Yeah, both. You do both? You yeah. mix them? Oh, children. Yeah. Children. Oh, you weirdo. How about you, Carl? Do you even eat them? Neither. Oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Why does that not surprise me, Carl? Chili. <laughs> is, is chili an answer? No. Chili can no. be an answer. Well, he asked answer. you a specific yeah, question. But if I put chili on it, then it's only mustard. Did you say how much you can make from this? Because I just looked up um, what you could make. I did not. That's Applicants can expect a base salary of $35,000, according to the job listing. Um, you also get a $150 weekly allowance for meals and personal travel, 18 days paid time off, full health benefits, and 100% of hotel expenses. Wouldn't you have to have wow. a CDL to drive something that big? Probably. Probably. It's not so that big. Another $7,500. It's not that big. Really? It's no bigger than an RV, I wouldn't think. You don't have to have a CDL to drive a 30-foot like camper. Go through some training for that thing to maneuver that around city streets. <laughs> I so imagine there's some training involved. So it's 425 Plus all the perks you get when you're driving around. Because when you're driving that around, you're doing nothing but promotional activities. Right, right. That's, you're handing somebody's out wiener whistles. Do you get free hot dogs? Student. <laughs> I, I love know. hot dogs. It's a good question. It oh, really is. Thank it's you, legit. sir. Yeah. Moving on. Made us all think. A uh, member of the uh, Pennsylvania House of Representatives wants t- uh, the teaching of cursive handwriting mandated throughout the state. Rep uh, Joseph Adams of Wayne and Pike County says he introduced the bill as Cursive handwriting is taught less and less. There's 18 states currently requiring cursive to be taught. Do you think they should do it? Right now, cursive hmm. is the equivalent of a manual transmission. My yeah. daughter People is getting... can't steal your car, and you can write notes to your spouse in cursive, and your kids won't be able to read it. Mine, mine can. <laughs> They're teaching it to her. Oh, really? good. Yeah. That's good. And she's in fifth grade. I like okay. writing in cursive still. Yes, she I'll does. have to I, ask. I, I don't know if my daughter learned that or not. The youngest I one. think it, the more knowledge, the better, right? So sure. why not? Yeah. It's like it'll be like a lost language one day. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, no. people type. They even teach math weird now. Like, I just know. want them to teach them how to use periods in proper grammar. <laughs> Thank you. Thank if you. I had a bell, I would ring it. Yeah, no kidding. Um. Thank you. Thank you, Carl. <laughs> Looks like six sneakers worn by Michael Jordan as he led the Chicago Bulls to six championships will be put up for auction. Sotheby's has called it the Dynasty Collection. It includes one Air Jordan sneaker that the legendary shooting guard wore in each of the NBA Finals clinching game during the uh, twin three-peats of the 90s. Sotheby's predicts the collection of uh, Air Jordans would fetch a price of as high as $10 million. For one shoe? No, it's a collection. Six shoes. Oh, but you don't get pairs. You I get see. one of each. Well, not like you oh, one of each. That's yep. interesting. Well, who so would crazy. wear them? If you watched The yeah, Last no Dance, you know he saved all of those shoes. Mm-hmm. He has them all. <sighs> I, I loved it. I loved watching him play on all of those, but man, that's a little steep for me. Th- and thank I'm not you. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What size I'll shoe pass. does he wear? I'm just curious. I, that I don't know. I'm sure it's big. Size. Big. <laughs> Bigger than Hold my up, shoe. Big one, yeah. What size shoe are you? Big. <laughs> Let me guess, uh, 12. What, what size shoes do you wear, Sue? You find uh, does Michael Jordan wear? Hold on, it's taking me too long. 13. Uh, 13. Close. 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 Woo. Man. 
Too big. I mean, I'm uh, close. Not that you'd wear it anyway. I mean, that's the silly thing. All right, coming up, uh, thank you, Ethan. We're going to get to Greg Jarrett of Fox News and 2A Tuesday with Mark Walters of Armed American Radio. We'll be back. Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.